you found the J-Spot. Join us every Thursday for a candid look at issues affecting women. Everyone is welcome. We are an all-inclusive podcast with open minds and hearts. If you've got an opinion, we want to hear it. From work life to sex to sexual preference to lifestyle, we will leave no stone unturned as we educate ourselves and others. J-Spot. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of the J-Spot podcast. How are you doing, Jess? Good, thank you. How are you, my love? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. We're very, very excited. Well, um, we're glad that you've decided to join us. Um, hopefully after this episode, you're going to want to download. Um, we'll be on Spotify, hopefully by then we'll be on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher as well. So we'll see how that goes. You're going to be hearing loads of different things with JSpot. Basically, we want to tackle women's issues. So that's going to be anything from um, careers, We've got a kind of career-driven one today. We've got sexuality. We've got religion. What other stuff have we got lined up? Sex. Yeah, yeah, definitely All sex. That. Dating. A whole list of loads of different things. Um, everyone's welcome, obviously. But as two women in today's society, we just want to have a look at what's going on and have a chat about some of the things that we're passionate about yeah this is I've had a lot of guys message me saying oh it feels like it's only for women but 100% not like everyone should listen like this is good for everyone just because it's a woman talking doesn't mean you can't listen if you're a man so no for sure (laughs) I mean men can be feminist too there's loads of like gorgeous feminist men Ryan Reynolds is a feminist oh beautiful man I know exactly and even more gorgeous because he appreciates women um and also I'm going to force my boyfriend to listen as well so hopefully he's going to be a raging feminist by the time we're finished I don't have anyone to force but you know <laughs> <laughs> so completely off topic and unrelated to what we've just said um I've got a news article for you Jess how exciting and oh don't sound like that sorry I didn't no I didn't mean it in that way I'm actually very excited okay good because this is going to spark debate um it's a very uh well I didn't know it was a massively debated topic but apparently there's been uproar um this was posted on the 11th of June unfortunately it is the Daily Mirror so the title is Jess Greg James sparks pot noodle fury after asking whether fans use a fork or spoon hmm what I mean, so, to me, there's only one obvious answer, but apparently people are furious. Well, what, what would you say? Fork. Oh, I'm going to annoy you, I think. Are you spoon? Well, if you have a spoon, you can, like, scoop it to the edge of the side, and then you can, like, cut it so it's not, like, really long. What? You cut your noodles? Like, oh my God, on okay. the side with the spoon. Don't judge me. Just so I don't get it all slobbering down my chin. That's not always a good look. Oh yeah, to be fair, that is fa- Like, I'm always absolutely covered in it by the time I've finished. <laughs> anyway, let's have a look at what people say. So, um, BBC Radio 1 presenter Greg James launched a fiery debate among fast food fans after asking an extremely touchy question. He asked listeners what utensil they use to eat their pot noodle a spoon or a fork. And although it seems trivial, it sparked utter outrage. This also reminded me of, um, have you seen the article about the American people making tea? Yeah, you oh my the video? God, I was apps. I felt sick watching. Like, Why do British people get so offended though? No, I'm sorry, but the amount of milk that was in that fucking cup of tea was actually <laughs> criminal. Like, uh, just no, just no. For me, it's builder's tea or nothing. 
no i'm sorry but if you have too much milk and tea you don't like no, a builder's tea. tea is not very milk not oh. very milky yeah oh. so tiny <laughs> yeah, tiny that... bit of milk loads of tea yeah that's that's exactly my point but um yeah this this is what this reminded me of while a few explain that a fork makes it easier to get a hold of the noodles that's how i feel yeah. others use a spoon so they can pick up some of the soupy liquid at the bottom yeah and a couple of people prefer to use chopsticks I'm sorry, but if you're using chopsticks, you need to have a talk to yourself. <laughs> I know, like you're going to get it everywhere. I mean, I understand having like a proper bowl of like ramen or something. Using yeah, absolutely. A pot noodle. No, I just. No. But it's not just Radio One listeners who have strong views on the subject. People on Twitter are divided too. Well, of course they are. They're always divided on everything, aren't they? <laughs> a number of people claim that forks are the best utensil to use with one saying fork how the hell are you going to eat the noodles with a spoon that is exactly how i feel i i'd use both this person said and this made me feel a little bit sick because i can visualize it another added fork and then use the pot as a cup to drink the liquid obviously i do that oh mate i can just imagine the sound don't judge me on my pot noodle eating abilities <laughs> Okay, I'd rather go through another three weeks of lockdown than sit there on FaceTime watching my dad eat a pot noodle with a spoon again. I think I think that's a bit dramatic. Not Jess, up. people are really against the spoon. My mate, I'm more against the spoon. No, I'm more against the tea thing than I am the pot noodle thing. Yeah, to be fair, people are pretty angry about it. When we <laughs> launch this, we're going to put a poll up on our Instagram, and you're going to tell us. Hopefully, you'll be on my side of the fork. Well, I don't know. Jess seems to fall somewhere in between but um hopefully we can settle the debate once and for all i'd like to be different yeah, <laughs> we can tell um so coming up for you guys we have got an interview with a nurse she has been working through the covid pandemic she is an occupational therapist so she hasn't been dealing sort of technically with covid patients but she has seen a lot of comings and goings yeah she? i think she's been doing some extra things as well like other than her role during covid as yeah. well just because they needed all the help it's just like all hands on deck isn't it Mm -hmm. amazing so um we will be back in a second with our interview with elsa elsa has a proper grown-up job which is something i can only dream of ever having um could you tell us a little bit about your role elsa in the nhs I can. Hello, everyone. So (laughs) I'm a therapy practitioner um, at Winchester RHCH, which basically means I work alongside physiotherapists and occupational therapists, sort of with an aim to get rehabilitate patients back to their full functional ability, really, after sort of falls or infections, get them back to being safe at home. She's already super clever. I love it. What a ledge. (laughs) um so do you want to tell us about your average work day Elsa or just week at work what sort of thing that you do during your day yeah so I work normally Monday to Friday but a few weekends thrown in there um normally we just start by getting a handover from the ward see which patients need physio input which ones don't um and then you sort of prioritize your day so you have patients that we call it a P1, so that's somebody that would either be going home that day or uh, would need chest physiotherapy. Um, so yeah, prioritise your caseload, delegate anything out to the therapy assistants. Then yeah, just start seeing the patients, try and get them home, ring families, 
uh, get any collateral history that they need, order equipment if they need it. Sometimes we have to take equipment out to patients' houses if, if it's not going to be in soon enough for their discharge. But anything, yeah, to facilitate a timely and safe discharge. Oh, that's so lovely. It must be like a really rewarding day when you get to send people home safely. It is. When, you, when you've got that patient that you've seen start to finish, so you've seen them when they are admitted and then you've worked with them the whole time, you know, got them back to their mobility baseline, spoken to family, ironed out any concerns they have. Sometimes it's getting some care put in place for the patient. Mm. you know to make sure they can they can manage sort of getting themselves washed and dressed or making themselves meals but it is really really rewarding when they when they're leaving and you just get a a lovely thank you from them oh that's nice oh I bet even that's probably been tenfold but we'll talk about that anyway so I mean we could literally talk about your job forever because the NHS is just so diverse and interesting but we are here to talk about your experience during the Covid pandemic um today so um, our first sort of question regarding that, Elster, is going to be sort of what is the general consensus in your, uh, I guess, team about how the government has dealt with the COVID pandemic in terms of like the NHS? Yeah, I think they've handled it OK. Like, I think they're doing the best with a bad situation. It's it's hard with sort of guidance constantly changing. Um, yeah, I know from Monday um, we now have to wear face masks in the whole hospital so even in our office spaces which I absolutely agree with but I think it's started too late it should have been done yeah yeah well I mean you could have just done that from the start right yeah and we are really strict on social distancing now in the offices sort of computers are taped off and things um to make sure we're two meters apart but I, I do think they're doing their best is that the general sort of consensus between all of you who kind of all agree on that pretty much much, yeah that's good to hear though because I guess we don't want to think that you're all just there completely miserable feeling sort of like you've been thrown in at the I know you have been thrown in at the deep end but I guess it is a positive thing to hear that you feel like the government has made some good calls I guess yeah yeah definitely so that probably leads on to our next question really because obviously you have to wear like face masks and everything and there is the social distancing measures do you think that there was enough preparation for all that do you think the government were well prepared for something like this to happen or do you think uh probably not I don't know if anybody can be prepared for a global pandemic yeah sure Uh, but I do think in terms of like PPE it's all it's it's, uh, sorry personal protective equipment it's all been okay for us so, I mean, this question isn't actually on the list, but I guess that kind of leads me on to say, do you think that if this were, you know, touch wood to happen again, um, do you feel like there might be systems put in place now going forward that would have you more prepared in the future? Do you think they've kind of learned their lesson, I guess? Yeah, I guess so. Probably just to act sooner. Yeah, um, I guess it's hard to say until if and when it ever if happens. If and when it happens, yeah. I mean, we've got quite a few ward spaces now, Um that weren't ward spaces before that are available to have beds in and be set up as as a ward if need be so if there was a sudden peak again we've definitely that's got really the capacity yeah we've got the capacity for those patients and i think that's reassuring to hear as well especially for sort of like the general public that i i don't know what we kind of imagine when we think of like what it's going to be like in a hospital at the moment but i guess we all kind of just envisage chaos um but i guess it's quite oh, nice it's organized organized chaos it's 
organized chaos organized chaos that's amazing (laughs) yeah um so if that's not kind of the main thing you've been necessarily worried about what has put the most stress on you and your team I think probably the constant changes to guidance because our team got separated sort of I think two one to two weeks in um so we were like a respiratory team and then a discharge team so we tried to keep I don't know dirty and clean separate but now we're working towards trying to integrate us back um, and working in our normal areas. But obviously guidance changes all the time. So I think that that's been the main thing is we have these daily updates and briefings and it's different every single day. And one thing, I guess, we've been told not to wear masks in the corridor and then suddenly now from Monday we have to wear them all the time. And it's like, Is that purely from the sort of like aesthetic point of view of how it looks if everybody's wearing masks or I don't know why we weren't allowed them in the corridor to be honest whether it was to make sure we took them off when we left a ward I have no idea I guess I mean my assumption would be that to not sort of like startle people because even though we know why they're there it still makes it feel scarier if people are wearing PPE oh yeah definitely for, for sort of visitors coming in they have got appointments and things but they're they're all opening up again um people are able to come in for certain appointments and visitors are allowed to start for essential visits mm-hmm. from monday as well yeah. so it's all positive all positive because um your mum visited didn't she jess and she said it was like something out of like um oh my god was um was my mind got blank Popolitz the zombie tv film walking dead yeah she yeah. Um, she went my granddad got taken into hospital but he's all fine but um she went to southampton general and she said it was literally like something out of an apocalyptic just film. a ghost like, town no one on the corridors it was, it was like an army like sort of regulated sort of system it was bizarre she said she'd never yeah. seen anything like it but, but, it, but it, it had to be right yeah it sounded organized though it sounded but no, you can just same. imagine how it looks. Like, imagine, I mean, again, this is something we're going to get onto, but uh, yeah, I can't imagine how it must feel knowing that that's where you're going, you know? Looking yeah. at those, that sort of initial entrance into the hospital, it must be mad. Well, that leads us on to the next question. Like, obviously, when you're at work, do you feel safe while you're at work? Personally, I 100% feel safe. I think that's so good. In a hospital environment, you've got the correct PPE, you've got the facilities to constantly wash your hands, and we've got these um, white you know that kill everything and we we literally we do like a stop drop and clean every few hours <laughs> so no I, stop I have drop and clean are you on the floor <laughs> drop everything <laughs> she's like yeah oh right like not like stop drop and roll <laughs> okay got no, it. stop drop and clean i tell you what that reminds okay, me of have it. you ever been to yo sushi when they all sort of like they used to play that thing and tell them all to like wash their hands at the same time they used to like shout out yeah. like in japanese i don't eat sushi yeah. jess Oh yeah, you're fussy. Oh, don't talk to Jess about that, jeez. <laughs> That's a whole new podcast episode. Is Jess's love for sushi? Stop. But no, I've, I've <laughs> honestly felt safe, safe throughout the whole thing. And like I said before, we have our daily updates from our managers. They keep us informed of any changes going forward. Are happy to discuss any concerns we do have. Do you think? Um, do you think you're an anxious person, Elsa? Like, because I hear you say that, and I just feel absolutely stupid because. I tell you what, like, I will think I've got COVID from the most ridiculous situations. And I just I, think, how could you not be terrified? I'm not an anxious person. And I think from yeah. the outside, it hasn't phased me. I did have a period 
at the beginning where I was struggling to sleep, which doesn't like me at all. So I think I did have some anxiety inside, mm. but definitely from the outside, no. I do wonder at what at what stage do we cough and not think, oh no, I've got COVID. Yeah. You know, because yeah, there are other sure. illnesses out there that aren't COVID, but mm. and have you had to have you had to take a have you had to take a test yet at all? Mm. Yeah, at the end of March, I did have a cough, um, and I got swabbed on day three of my symptoms, and I was negative, but I still had to I w- because at the time the tests were taking a bit longer to come back. Mm. Um, that's massively improved now, but I actually was isolated for seven days with my mum and her partner who both work at the prison right um but now I think tests are coming back within sort of one to two days so if you're negative you can get straight back to work um, um, and I guess for the listeners as well what is a covid test like what can you expect they're not putting a finger up your bum or anything are they no it's a swab at the back of the throat <laughs> that's which... a shame <laughs> <laughs> well the swab at the back of the throat you need to have a good good gag reflex um and my one I had it was just the tip of the nostrils but that's changed now also it goes right up there apparently it feels so not the nicest of things they've also started now we're getting antibody tests yeah I've heard about this yeah so that's just a blood test I've had mine and was also negative so I've definitely wait hang on negative does that mean that you oh okay so you have you don't have the antibodies because you haven't had COVID. Because I've never had COVID. But I Got know, it. I've heard that a couple of people have come back with antibodies that had had no symptoms. Yeah. So Weird, huh? I think it would be surprising so, how many do come back positive. Yeah. So um, my mum's a key worker as well. She works in a school and I know that I have access to um, tests, but I'm not sure kind of how we go about it as a drive through, isn't it? Something like that. Um, the uh, the COVID swab or the antibody, the COVID swab. Yeah, it's a drive through. You 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 drive in. You don't get out your car. They swab you through the window and then you leave. Awesome. And do you feel like for you and your team and and people in your hospital, do you feel like there has been adequate testing, or was there a point where you guys all just thought, oh shit, there's no tests? No, I, they've been really really great with the testing. It's just a number that you phone. They get you in on day three. I don't so day three been... of your symptoms. Day three of symptoms, yep, that's when you're, you're okay. most likely to, to, you know, get the correct swab result. Be germy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good then. It sounds like they're really on top of it then, from the sounds yeah, of it. Yeah, it does. Obviously, in the media a lot, we hear all the negative stuff, like people saying that there aren't enough tests or there aren't, you know, you just hear the bad side of it all the time. Mm, yeah, no, I think, I think um, sort of research is improving every day and and things are improving i know also negatively in the media you just hear about sort of the amount of people that have died not the amount of people that have survived and left recovered hospital. yeah yeah and i i think it's important that that that's a figure that people know yeah no i agree with you um that's probably leads really well on to our next point actually because obviously it's it is scary when you see the numbers of people that have died from it when you look over your experience during these last couple of months what would you say has been like the scariest moment for you has there been anything that's like really I think a hundred percent was the first confirmed COVID patient that I saw and even though I was in full PPE you know I had a face mask I had gloves apron um, a visor it was still scary knowing because it was right at the beginning we didn't know much about it mm. it was just scary knowing gosh this patient actually has COVID and I'm about to go in a room with them 
were they were um, they seriously I, ill or do you know they were actually obviously they're in hospital so yeah so I didn't work on ICU um because I wasn't part of the respiratory team that's where obviously the the most unwell patients were the the, the mm. person or patient that I saw was okay he was coughing but we we managed to mobilize and when I came out I sort of reflected on it and I I decided actually he's a patient and he deserves physio and he deserves to be oh, treated lovely. and have the same treatment that everybody has just because he has a a virus doesn't mean he doesn't have the same rights as everyone else really so mm. I, I did I felt positive afterwards but I was apprehensive going in God, you're such crying good, already such a good <laughs> <laughs> so I think um it's really important to note that Elsa because we'll talk about it another time but I have OCD um and my phobias my main phobias surround sort of getting sick and basically my capacity to die um and for those who don't know about OCD it can be basically from anything um be it like the most ridiculous obscure disease and then obviously this has happened and in my head it's been crazy so I just think for you to know that somebody has that illness and not and also be at the beginning and not really know about it and still feel, do you know what, is this person's right to have their treatment? I just think is incredible and really, really commendable. Um, because oh, honestly, you. I don't know if I could do it. I, I'd just be like such okay. a stay every day. You know what, me, you and me, no, okay, we'd be freaking out. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'd, I'd be like scrubbing my skin off. Honestly, yeah. I'd, I'd be absolutely... <laughs> we do, so, we do shower. We have showers. We have to shower after seeing positive patients. Why? And a hair That's wash, a full though. hair wash. And with hair this length. Oh, oh my God, Elsie, your hair must be like falling out. You can't <laughs> wash your hair that often. <laughs> oh I'd like God. to only do it once a week, so it's been tough. <laughs> oh my God. Well, That's um... like the hardest... No, I'm joking. It's obviously not the hardest thing. It's the cleanest hair I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So you mentioned yeah. that um, you have had problems sleeping. Um, but other than that, has this affected your mental health significantly or or not really not really I I think you just overcome your fears like like I've said before to to help the patients and it, it right now it doesn't actually feel that scary to me anymore because it's become a new normal so no really men, cool. mentally yeah I think I've been been okay just the not sleeping at the beginning but I'm back to sleeping again so that's good She's to know. know a lot of people are struggling at the moment whether they work for the NHS or not so um but that's good to know that you feel good. I think we're quite fortunate being able to go to work and have normality and see people people that are in lockdown and aren't going out as much I can really see why it affects their mental health mm. this, this must be awful when you are out and about when, and you're not at work and um you tell people that you work in a hospital and work for the NHS. Have you been sort of, have people spoken to you any differently, acted differently around you? Have they been more wary of you? Have they been more considerate and kinder and more appreciative? Have you noticed any difference in how you've been treated? Do you get free coffee? <laughs> so I, to be honest, nobody's been like nasty to me. I know colleagues have had experiences where they've been into certain supermarkets and they've not been that happy that they're there. Um, you know out of the NHS hour but me personally no I've I've had nothing but love we get a lot of um, donations in which is lovely um, you can queue jump at home bargains nice oh my god I'm joining the NHS it's amazing <laughs> and no yeah, ev everyone's 
been quite friendly to me and um i've had a couple of drawings done by my neighbors and my my partner's little girl you know a, a rainbow and things so oh that's so lovely you mentioned your partner and i know that um you guys have been distancing because it's obviously where you work for the nhs I also, obviously, apart from these last couple of weeks, went through a period about eight weeks of not seeing my partner as well. So I definitely relate. I've had mm-hmm. positives and negatives. What's, what's your experience been like? Uh, so we've done nine weeks in total not seeing each other at all. It was hard. I mean, we are in a long distance relationship anyway. So okay. again, it sort of became normal to just be on the phone and not actually see each other. But a couple of weeks ago when it was hot, we met at the beach and it was really, really lovely. And I think it it makes you sort of stronger and look forward to seeing each other more and makes you think about sort of having silly arguments that you've had. And it just isn't worth Mm. it when you you have this, you know, time when you can't see each other. And um, it sounds like you're a stronger, more badass woman than I am (laughs) anyway, Elsa. But like I... um... But due to my mental health and stuff, I've, I've had issues with like codependency um, yeah. and I've found it quite difficult to um, not have a really strong support system, like literally in my immediate vicinity. So for the first sort of bit of lockdown, when they said three weeks, I shit my pants and I said, that's going to be really hard. And then they said it might be 12 weeks. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I, I can't be without this person. But this experience has taught me that I can do eight weeks just in my own company. That's mental. I've never been able yeah. to do that. So, so that's a real positive for you then. Yeah, absolutely. So whilst it's been really hard, it's also made us so strong because I don't need him in that unhealthy way that I did before. I need him in the right way, which is just such a nice feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of think being apart in a way is better than having to be in lockdown together. <laughs> Oh, for sure. <laughs> At the beginning, know, I envied people, more. but now I'm just like, hell no. <laughs> also, when you're and it will, it will all be over soon. When you're single, it makes you realise you don't need no man when you're on your own anyway. <laughs> She's been reading too much Florence Given. I've been single Pringle. Way too much feminist fiction and all sorts. <laughs> Jess and I were saying at the beginning that um, we wish we were quarantined together because we'd just like play The Sims nonstop all day. Yeah. Oh, I remember those days. <laughs> To be fair, I've never spent so much at Anne Summers in my life, I don't think, since I haven't locked up. <laughs> yeah, that was an investment. But we can talk about that on another episode. Though. Yeah. Um, so next question I had for you, Elsa, was um, being, obviously we've talked about how we'd be a bit nervous like going to hospital. Have you um, noticed a difference in patients that you've seen of like their nervousness or like not wanting to come into hospital and how important it is for them to still come into hospital when they need to absolutely so definitely at the beginning it was an absolute ghost town um and people weren't coming in for for really serious conditions you know strokes or heart attacks um that's changed people are coming in now i think they feel more comfortable even my own grandmother yesterday had to be admitted to hospital and she needed reassuring that it was was safe there Mm. um but it, it really is the main thing i've noticed with patients is because we have the face masks on they can't see your your reactions your smile Mm. your smiles you reassuring them um especially sort of patients that suffer from dementia using different forms of communication you know facially really does make a difference um so it has been tough on on them i think um the i know the learning disabilities team have come up with an idea to have a little name badge um with your photograph on 
so they can see that i've seen them do that i saw that on social media a while back yeah yeah Mm. so i think that they're rolling that out which which will be helpful you don't because of course of that do you you don't think of like you don't think of how much like people giving you a smile or using their facial expressions actually is really like helpful and really calming reassuring absolutely when someone's scared in hospital I think facial expressions are a massive part of your communication. And also you're not you're on that you're on your own. You're not allowed to take someone with you. So all you have is your relationship with that one doctor or nurse. And can you imagine if yeah. you can't even see their face? That's it's like... hard, I think, to sort of, you know, build a, a, a rapport with a patient if, if they can't even see what you look like. So going forward, Elsa, um, obviously the government gives us advice on what to do and what not to do. What in your opinion what do you want to see the public doing more and listening to more I think just doing what they're told the rules are there for a reason you know eventually we're all going to be allowed back out and it's all going to be for the better hopefully we'll have stopped the spread of this this virus I mean I'm the first one who wants to go and see my boyfriend and and all my Mm. friends and my grandma Um, but I do think the rules are there for a reason and they they should be listened to cool and and that goes for all of them you're sort of on board with the social distancing outside and all of that stuff yeah I think it's good that obviously people can meet up in a park uh socially distanced I think that's fine as long as you stick to it I do think it's good for the this social bubble you know for people that live on their own um Mm -hmm. and I do think that's mainly for people's mental health that they've done that and I think that's a great a great sort of thing to happen because Jess and I have had conversations about people either swing really one way or really the other where everyone just goes oh fuck it I'll do what I want like it's nearly finished now blah 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 blah. and then you've got my family that are like socially distancing from distancing from each other and we live in the same house like yeah I mean I've got I've got friends that are doing it and I've got friends that aren't and at the end of the day it's people's own choice isn't it Mm. we've had the guidance we should follow it if if they don't then they don't it's it's not my place really to say anything I think that's no, important. I, I think that's important though coming from you I think I think everyone just hears these new rules and just sort of like interprets them in the way that they want to and the way that suits them I think 100% um, you know I, I me and Jade are quite similar we're very we like to follow the rules we do what we're told we don't we don't really we feel guilty. Yeah, we do, girl. Wrong. Yeah, we're such rebels. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's it. But it's made us again. It leads on to like of just appreciating everything. Like today, I went out and got a coffee in Winchester. You know, and it's like, it that coffee is like, oh my god! Like I've been waiting. I haven't done that for months. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, something that was so normal before is such a privilege now. And that's what I think is um, really important. It's quite humbling. I mean, what, what do you think is your, what has been like the most humbling moment for you out of this whole thing? Would you say like? A hundred percent the first NHS clap. Yeah, I felt that it, too. I, it, I, you, it was still dark outside and um, my neighbours were out with their, you know, pots and pans and their little kids. And it, it just sort of, I don't know, nearly, I'm not, I'm not a crier, but it did bring a tear to my eye. Just yeah, me how too appreciative people were being and you know I got goosebumps it was really 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 lovely and everybody's amazing donations to the hospital have kept us going um just to have a cold sort of can of coke in the fridge when you come down after seeing a patient can make such a difference oh, um so nice. other also- brands are available <laughs> <laughs> 
we actually last week got from Bobby Brown, so thank you, um, like a purifying cleanser because of the effect the masks are having on all of our skin. Gorgeous. So, wow. What, it's drying good... it out or? I've oh, I guess it's so... like it's concentrating all the sweat and stuff, I guess. Is, is that And why? like you're, you're, you're breathing in, you know, it's just like your breath on, on your skin for like however many hours you've got that mask on. So that was a nice treat from Bobby Brown. Can I, can I ask you, Elsa, do you wear glasses? Because yes. when I've been out with my glasses on and my mask on, it's just a world of pain. It's an absolute nightmare. So yeah, I started getting, yeah, the, well, the tip of my ears were getting sore, I think because I had the glasses on and then the the string. Oh, I meant the like the, the condensation. Oh, steaming up. Oh, well, just yeah. make sure you push your nose bit down enough. Oh, okay. And so sort of have a your top glasses tip. over the top. <laughs> Oh, glasses over the top of like the the mask bit, the nose bit, yeah, because it will stop the air coming out. Great. Okay. For anyone that doesn't wear glasses and doesn't understand, if you try and wear both, in a matter of about five seconds, you can't see anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, on the topic of the clap for carers, then, um, did that positive feeling last the whole way? Because I know we've had conversations about how we felt about it, and I am a little bit politically minded in my opinion of it. So I wonder what yours was as it went on um my street it was always a big thing it was lovely I think it ended at the right time um I obviously it's you can't keep doing that forever but yeah I think it was lovely while it lasted um That's my nice. street yeah really really got involved we had sort of horns and whistles and all sorts oh, god yeah some like people were setting off fireworks around here it was uh, a pissing yeah. contest <laughs> That's a bit extreme, isn't it? Yeah, but um, the, the reason I ask is because I know that some of us who, the lefties, shall we say, um, did kind of, liked it at first and then got a little bit irritated towards the end because we were like, what they need right now is not a clap. You know, like, we, like this is great, makes them feel good for 10 minutes or whatever, but can we, you know, just pay them some more money? <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe you'd rather have that than a clap, but I guess you if it makes know. you positive... You yeah, I guess if it gives you that positive feeling for, for this time period, then maybe one day you'll have yeah, those, you know? Yeah, it was lovely. And I don't know if you ever saw any of the videos out the front of the hospital, um, like ambulances, fire engines, police would all gather there. And it was really, really lovely. Cute. Yeah, but I do it, think it's, it's run its course. And Yeah, I agree with you. I think, yeah, I agree with all what you've all just said. It was a great gesture, but also paying them a bit more money as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's been so lovely having you on, Elsa. You've been really helpful. So gorgeous. Uh, insight to what it's like. Um, we asked you before you came on if there was anyone that you wanted a shout out to. Well, all of the staff at RHCH. You're all amazing. Oh, oh that's so lovely. Cute. Team spirit. That's what we like to hear. And Becky Holden. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Best Becky Holden? Too. I don't know these people. Um, Becky was in my year. She's lovely she's um because i work um, with her she's an occupational therapist oh, okay so it's an in joke that i'm not allowed to yeah sorry joking. hi <laughs> becky <laughs> um and we asked you to do one more thing just before you go elsa did you think of an iconic woman to tell us about do you know it's a really really tough question and it's beyonce i knew you were <laughs> gonna say beyonce i knew you oh, were gonna say that i love her i love her why don't know she's a great <laughs> singer i just I think she she just is an iconic woman, isn't she? Yeah, she's a great powerhouse. mother, great singer. Yeah, all rounder. Yeah. Amazing, that's so. Well, fun. thank you so much, Elsa, for coming on. 
we've just had a whale of a time so <laughs> we'll um have a lovely evening thank you so thank much you. for all of your Thanks hard for work me. you're welcome being generally gorgeous um and we will speak to you soon yes thank you very much bye, bye. bye. Right, so that brings us to the end of episode one. Um, we've really enjoyed listening to Elsa's opinions and you know her viewpoint of COVID. I think she it's was been amazing. Positive. Yeah, I think it's been really nice just to hear someone who's involved, not just seeing it through the news. I think is um, really important. Um, so keep your distance and wash your hands. Yeah, and just be nice to each other. Exactly. And hopefully you will join us next week for our next episode. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Be Thank kind, stay much. safe. Bye. Bye. Lots of love.